So I waited like two days and freaking 23 hours and a half. Uh, it was just like almost right on the dot three days and I showed up and I was like, oh, hey, maybe I'll come in here and say hello. No big whoop. And yeah. And then I was his problem now. Yeah, that was interesting because I, uh, I was honest with Kelly because at first I was kind of dating around because I'd gotten, y'all have already heard the origin story to that. You know. Four. <laughs> My... I I had a very rough first marriage, so I was <laughs> I was pretty jaded, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm not looking to be around a long time. I'm here for a good time, kind of thing. I was kind of a dick, but I was honest. But she ended up wearing me down. She ended up being the good one. But uh, I tell you what, I tried all my slick moves, and you know, being 14 years down the road, thinking, damn, that shit should have never worked. Tell her about your neck. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So, like I said, we talked forever um, that first night, and um, in that conversation, he had said that he was not looking for a uh, long-term relationship, um, and I made it very clear that that was a deal-breaker for me, because at the time, I was feeling my age. Um, I wasn't very old, but, um, you know, in... um, Southeast Missouri. I was um, 22 years old without a husband and a baby already, so I was, you know, decrepit. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I was kind of in a hurry, kind of, um, and I, that's what I was looking for was somebody to settle down with. And so, after I waited the three days and I went back, I let him know. I was batting my eyelashes, telling him, you know, consent, consent. and he we were sitting shoulder to shoulder on the couch there in his little store he kind of turned around really fast and put his knees on the couch facing me all of a sudden and he said oh uh you have something on your neck and I was like what and I was like honestly concerned like oh shit is there a spider because I'm about to freak out and in one fell swoop he went in and started kissing my neck and I was like Oh, no need to worry. This is just his uh, his little uh, way in. So, yep, and it was uh, it was nice from there on out. That was a good night. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we bonded over silly shit. Like the first thing we bonded over was burning our fingers with milk jug plastic. Mm. Just goofy shit we talk about. Cause I burnt the dog shit out of my finger. Cause I, I used to love melting plastic. You know, I'd have to burn trash and be burning a milk jug and it just stupid shit but she did the exact same thing so he's talking about I, I guess when you grow up poor it's like just any little thing to have fun with it made funny sounds i don't know it if did. you guys have ever done that before i mean i don't advise it because it really fucked my leg up but um but if anybody ever knows about it um burning it it goes pew 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And then after burn it, and you're like, oh, that was really cool. And then you look down and see that you have dripped it on your leg and or hand. Um, Yeah, it's not so fun after that. But, um, you know, when you talk to somebody in a conversation and you say something, especially when you're getting to know know somebody, and you, you tell them a story, and they're like, oh, me too. And you can tell they're kind of, you know, bullshitting with you. 
And after a while, it gets kind of annoying, and you're like, never mind. Like, I don't even want to talk to this person, because I could tell that they're just trying to be, you know, same-same. But it's funny, because, like, me and Jeremy talking, it that we could tell we, each other weren't, like, making something up. We were, we were same-same. Um, we had the scars to prove it for most of them. And, um, yeah, it was really weird how we really had a lot in common just right off the bat. Same, we had the same prescription for our glasses, wore the same shoe size. <laughs> yeah, we'd be driving down the road, and it'd start getting a little bit dark, and Jeremy's like, ah, I can't see that. Here, hand me your glasses. And, uh, I'd hand him my glasses so he could see as he was driving. Um, that was pretty handy, actually. It, but oddly enough, though, me and her couldn't have had more different childhoods. Mm. Like mine was Leave it to Beaver, and hers was quite a bit more wild than that. But we still bonded like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. My parents stayed together. Her dad was kind of a Don Juan. And... Yeah, it was, it was crazy to hear about his origin story uh, from where he came from because um, it was very wholesome and all of his family liked each other and they had family reunions and they got they had get-togethers and nobody tried to kill each other all the time and um, it was it was very shocking to me to hear that people actually lived that way because my upbringing was you know pretty much everybody was at each other's throats constantly and you knew who shouldn't be left alone in the same room together sort of thing and yeah my parents were divorced by the age of 10 of for me it was a very traumatic experience going through that and then the whole bouncing back and forth from household to household thing um, it was very um, uh, tumultuous to say the least and to hear that his family was his mom and dad was not only still married but like was still in love I almost thought was bullshit at first <laughs> uh, I thought well what are they doing this for like what's the motive here um, and then I realized that they actually did love each other and that marriage could be that way. And um, prior to that time, I didn't realize that that was uh, an option, which was, uh, you know, nice to learn. I think my family kind of did things in reverse because uh, my dad, I didn't know until like after he had passed that at the beginning he had cheated on my mom. I had no because dad just did not seem the type. And dad was an alcoholic or dang near close to and that's the dad I didn't know because uh, my brother's 10 years older than I am, so he kind of dealt with my dad being a new dad. And apparently, you know, dad drank a lot and did all the stuff. I had a completely different version of dad by the time I was born. My family wasn't perfect. Like, luckily, my mom and dad kind of was the good ones out of the bunch. My grandpa on my mom's side was all molesty and ended up there was a lot of molesty bullshit going on on my dad's side of the family. But mom and dad went into any of that stuff they were they were the calm quiet ones they they both got better with everything with age like dad the best way i could explain my dad was like mr rogers just real calm soft-spoken never got angry about nothing hardly mom my mom was kind of the the pistol of the group she she get kind of pissed kind of quick but she was never abusive or anything like that i'd hell i, I bet you i probably got whipped less than 10 times easy which, my mom put the fear in me, too. Like, I remember being a little kid, going to the grocery store, and this little kid is just showing his ass wanting some Ghostbuster cereal. And he was just demanding it. My mom looked down at me and said, you know, if you ever act like that in front of me, I'll knock you in the head. And I, hell, I took her at her word. I, I never acted up. 
<laughs> yeah, my mom uh, made sure when we were out in public that we acted right. She was very concerned about being uh, embarrassed. I was just thinking about that this morning, um, about how she would she would always safeguard herself for being embarrassed in public, and she would you know give us that look like you know you keep on and bust that ass. Uh huh. It's uh her favorite thing was backhanding. She would uh, backhand the shit out of our mouths. She had really long fingernail, long pointy fingernails, and long skinny fingers that were uh, bony as hell. Man had like Stretch Armstrong arms. I, I I could be down the hallway around the corner and whisper shit. And all of a sudden, my teeth would hurt, and I'd look down the hallway and around the corner. She'd be sitting at the counter being like, yeah, I told you not to say that shit. But, yeah, she was very quick to make sure that we weren't acting out in public or uh, really at home, but definitely out in public. I tell you what, I I hardly ever got my ass busted, but the one time that I really begged for it, the stupidest possible thing that could have happened... I took a red Sharpie, it was like a permanent marker, and for some reason I thought it was a good idea to put every cuss word I knew on the on the bathroom sink, and I mean it was like, bitch, cunt, whore, motherfucker, every <laughs> dirty word I knew, and I got done, and I'm like, alright, time to erase all this, here I am, 13, not putting permanent and marker together, and it wasn't coming off, and I'm like, shit, so I was like, I'm dead. So my bright idea was, well, I'll just paint the entire sink red, and that way it just I'll get in trouble for the sink being red, but she's not going to kick my ass for drawing cuss words. <laughs> and so it took me, I was in the bathroom forever, and I made that sink perfectly red, and then you know, I went to mom and said, hey mom, sorry, I did something dumb. And uh, I believe I hear our daughter knocking at the door. Knock, knock, she says, hi. hi. Whoa, busted. Wow, hi. We are back. My uh, three-year-old, just turned three-year-old, just came in the door wanting to know what we're up to. So to finish that story, uh, I told mom, and of course she was pissed, and she went to scrubbing at that sink, and then from a distance I hear, Jeremy Wayne! And I was like, oh, I'm fucked. I don't know what is going on, but she never said my middle name unless I was in trouble. Well, I go in there, and I ain't lying. She'd scrub that sink. And everything came off except for the words I wrote down. This sounds like bullshit, but I swear, man, she lit my ass a, a, a fire. Guess what don't scrub off? Permanent marker. Well, apparently the permanent marker cuss words don't come out because, man, everything else did. I mean, the sink looked pretty except for them hundreds of cuss words I wrote. Man, teens are stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I think if there's something comparable to that in my upbringing, um, I know that I did some crazy shit. My parents is always like, why? Like, why would this happen? Um, oh, I know, um, I, this is kind of an embarrassing story, but, um, there was kids at school that were known to bring pills and share them with people. I'm too damn paranoid for that. I barely take pills as it is now as an adult, knowing exactly what they are. Um, but I sure as hell wouldn't take them from people randomly from school. And there was a couple of girls that kind of wanted me in their clique and said, hey, tomorrow's your day. I'm like, to what? And they're like, to bring the pills. I'm like, huh, all right. And of course I'm thinking I got nothing. So I went home and went rummaging through the, the pill cabinet. I saw a big giant pill bottle, 
of iron pills. So I thought, well, all right, here we go. This is all I got. So I brought them to school and everybody was so excited. They're like, star brought pills. I was like, here you go. I handed them out and nobody asked what they were. So I gave each one of them one and I knew it wasn't going to do nothing to them. But I had given it to them, unfortunately, at the very beginning of the day. Well, uh, about second period, I get called to the office. And I'm like, huh. I show up. They're like, Kelly, listen, we need to talk to you. We hear that you brought pills to school today. I'm like, nope, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, okay, listen, we're past that right now. We know you brought them here. We just need to know what they were. And I'm like, why? And they're like, come here. They walk me down to the nurse's office and they open up the nurse's door and everybody I had handed a pill to was throwing their guts up. And I'm like, oh no, I have killed a gaggle of people. Um, come to find out you're not supposed to take vitamins or anything like that on an empty stomach. Um, and evidently they had taken those pills and drank a bunch of water and they were in there getting sick, throwing up their water into buckets <laughs> they're like, what did you give them? They're thinking I gave them some kind of poison or something to make them sick. And I'm like, I swear it was just iron pills. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just regular vitamin iron pills. Um, they probably would have been more angry with me if, uh, if it would have been something else. But, uh, I think they just thought they got what they deserved for, uh, taking some kind of random pills and then having to throw up for a couple hours afterwards. But, um, yeah, I think the staff kind of laughed that one off. I don't remember getting in trouble for that one. But, yeah, my mom had to take a cab to school to come pick me up because she was legally blind and couldn't drive. She was not very happy about that one. She uh, came in and sat down at the principal's desk and was mean-mugging me. And, <laughs> oof, it was not a good ride home, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yep. You know, I was accidentally a drug dealer at school myself. Uh, when I was in ninth grade, 10th grade, I think I was a freshman, this buddy of mine had dropped something on the cafeteria floor, and he's like, hey, pick that up. And I picked it up, and I'm holding it in front of me, and I didn't know it was a damn joint. And he goes, put it in your pocket, put it in your pocket. And I'm like, oh, oh all right, what am I supposed to do with this? He said, smoke it. I'm like, man, I ain't going to do that. And so I'm trying to give it back to him, and he's like, no, that's yours. I'm like, dude, it's noon, you know, I've... I don't want to hold on to this whole day. I was paranoid as shit. <laughs> so I've, I've got this joint all day long, and I'm riding on the school bus, and some of the seniors was talking about weed. And I'm like, oh, these guys can help me out. So I pulled out that joint, and I said, guys, what am I going to do with this? And just as soon as I pulled it out, it was snatched out of my hand, and there was a $5 bill in my hand. <laughs> uh, they're like, yeah, thanks, man. So I guess I did my first and only drug transaction that day. <laughs> Oh my, you little pothead. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I, I think I've maybe smoked maybe 20 marijuanas my entire life. <laughs> um, yeah, I've smoked 20 marijuanas in a day. Ah, yeah, she, like I said, she was a filthy hippie. <laughs> hey, it was easy to come by when I was growing up. You know, like I said before, growing up. And not necessarily the best of situations. My dad smoked marijuana and a pipe um, of tobacco kind of interchangeably. And my sisters smoked. And I think 
I don't think my brother ever smoked. I think his thing was drinking. But, um, you know, when it's out and about and your kid not being watched and you're kind of bummed that your home life kind of sucks, um, pot's a really good crutch there, especially when you're younger and you think it's super cool. <laughs> so, switching gears a little bit, we've been together 14 years now. How do you think we have achieved this? Um... I always attribute it to that first night that we that we met, um, communication. We were able to talk very comfortably together. Like right now, you know, we're just talking and shooting the breeze. I feel like anytime one of us has an issue or a concern that we're able to be like, hey, what about this? And the other one's like, no. You know, and of course we like to throw in a little bit like um, a little uh, banter back and forth and come kind of funny stuff. Every once in a while, Jeremy will be like, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that helps to keep things light at times. Um, but even when, when we have something major going on, we've been known to stay up till one or two o'clock in the morning talking and and arguing and crying but nothing yelling or fighting or anything like that it's more just like what I need from you is this well what I need from you is this well what that's what I give you well no so I think we're able to just hatch things out with with speaking to each other instead of fighting and it, it makes us really a lot closer closer bond together to be able to understand each other better rather than just jumping down each other's throats or assuming the other person is one way when they're the other and things like that where we're able to just get to the bottom of it no matter how long it takes sometimes <laughs> all the way till two or three o'clock in the morning which is sucky for the next day but you know it works <laughs> Yeah, and therapy has been nice too because I'm I'm sensitive as shit. My feelings get hurt pretty damn quick, um, and I'm real bad about thinking everything's my fault. Like if Kelly's having a bad day, well, I I fucked up her day, and so I started talking to her therapist and end up I had like abandonment issues I didn't know I had, and he made it make sense. He was like, yeah, you know, you've been hurt in the past and all that, and so you're just automatically going into dark places you don't have to go to with her. So that that was handy, just trying not to be default thinking everything that I'm doing is pissing her off. Me second-guessing because Kelly's real good about giving me compliments and stuff. And I'm like, eh, you're full of shit. <laughs> but she's kind of the same way. I'm like, mm, you are hot. And you're like, nah. But, uh, <laughs> bless you. She, she, she even sneezes like a kitten. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another thing, too, working on yourself. So... Um, I heard a saying a long time ago before I even met Jeremy that um, you have to learn to be yourself before you can be a couple. And um, that's very true, I think. Um, you, If you're not loving yourself and you're not digging yourself, you're not going to accept someone to love you for who you are. You're not going to... I struggle every day every time he tells me a compliment to accept that compliment and be like he is telling the truth he's not just doing it for some ulterior motive um i mean there's sometimes is (laughs) yes um but he's he's not trying to you know hurt me in any way i've been hurt in the past obviously with prior relationships and with our relationship it helps because i have done so much therapy shout out to affinity counseling in Pigott, arkansas matt yaunt 
He's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the best. Ugh, oh, my gosh. Without Matt's direction and therapy, and he's we've done EMDR ther- therapy, which is not DMDR, but sounds no. similar. <laughs> so close. So close. Um, but with... With the different techniques that he's able, he was able to help me with and what we do every week, it really has helped me to gain more confidence in myself so that I can accept those compliments that Jeremy gives me to make myself feel worthy of not only the compliments, but the love and the attention that Jeremy gives me. Just overall allowing me to feel better with my having complex PTSD and different mental health issues. Once I've really got those managed pretty well, it's it's a lot easier for me to be in a relationship with someone that I can trust, knowing that we have the time in, 13 years, that's, that's a pretty good chunk. Not bad. Not bad at all. It makes me feel very stable and secure knowing that not only we have that time together, but that I have those mental health issues in check for the most part to be able to feel stable enough in myself so that I can then... And be stable in my marriage yeah it's not been picture perfect it's been pretty close we've done really well but starting out with me and her i was a dick for a good year and a half at least because you're thinking well you know every, every relationship starts out awesome and then you get to see their true colors and i was just preparing wait for that bomb to drop she got got full of that and she put me in my place and then later on down the road, she kind of took her turn, and then I got a gut full. We just, we've kind of balanced out now. Like, we'll have our little tiffs here and there, but it's gotten a lot rare. It, it'll, it'll happen for the rest of our lives, but it's gotten weaker. You know, our little arguments get weaker by the years. I couldn't tell you the last time we've had a real, well, not really even an argument. I got my feelings hurt maybe a month ago, but we tend to talk about it pretty good. And sometimes I need called out too. I go to this meeting called Toastmasters International. It's like it, it kind of teaches you how to talk in public. And they have something called table topic questions. And you have to give an impromptu speech. Like my question that I was given was, who gives you tough love? Mm. And I said, well, really nobody. But I guess the closest would be my wife. Because sometimes it's not that I'm thoughtless, but sometimes I just don't think about stuff that maybe ought to be obvious. Like if the trash is getting piled up in the trash can up to the ceiling my mind's thinking about a hundred different things and sometimes i just don't think about the obvious and she's like hey could you maybe take out the trash i'm starting to lean over this way i'm getting scared so uh she's not really an ass about things as far as like tough love but but sometimes i kind of need to be steered in a certain direction she's good about that and i think the other way too i'm getting better about it because with kelly she's been independent for so long that it's kind of hard for her to take direction without it maybe feeling like it's like, hey, you better do this or whatever. And so she used to get real defensive. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just trying to help you out. And with her talking to Matt, like she knows that I'm just, I'm not trying to be the boss. I like that me and Kelly are equals with stuff. And there's sometimes I need to take the lead and there's times where she needs to take the lead. I think all in all, we we're pretty well balanced. Yeah, I think so too. A lot of it too is just making sure that, you know, we have we have time to ourselves to work on ourselves. Jeremy's very eager to 
you know, hey, you want to go see your friends? Go see your friends. I'll have, I'll keep the kids. Or, you know, oh, you want (laughs) to, on the rare event, you know, hardly ever go downtown or something at night. Or a lot of the times he's like, hey, go get a massage at the mall. And I got the kids. Or go hang out with your mom or your sister. And be able to have that time alone and apart and work on Kelly instead of, you know, feeling like mom or wife. And he does the same thing. And I'm, I'm always eager to, you know, get him to doing those things as well because I know how fulfilling that is on a human level to feel like yourself to be able to then come back and, and share time with your person. So, yeah, I agree. I think after the times of us going back and forth and having our times of not really second guessing but just feeling the brunt of past relationships, past hurts and hang-ups from other people who taken advantage of us in our lives to being able to kind of realize that this relationship is nothing like those relationships and that we don't have to paranoid that our relationship is going in that direction that we can trust and that's the biggest thing is being able to trust each other and knowing that we're not made of paper that that we're on firm foundation and not cheating horse yeah we both give each other pretty long leash because uh, (laughs) as long as i've known kelly if i went camping with the guys she would call me once to make sure i got there okay and she called me once before it was time for bed and that was it and i appreciated that and i didn't mind her calling but some of the other guys that go camping with their significant others would just bug the dog shit out of the entire trip. Just constantly texting and calling, what are you doing now? Just thinking that the other person is going to cheat. And oddly enough, the person that was doing all that shit was the one doing all the cheating. It tends to be like that. Like if, if Kelly was all the time looking over my shoulder, I'd be worried. Oh, yeah. And I, I figure she'd be the same with me. Like, she'll go out with her friends it's kind of cheating with me, with her going out for friends because her friends like me, so I don't have to worry about them talking <laughs> shit about me. They they seem to like me, so I, they're not trying to be like, man, you need to find something better than that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, and my family all likes Kelly, so not a lot of turmoil as far as all that goes. I don't know, I, just, I, I enjoy watching Kelly have fun and getting to do stuff. She sings like a damn bird, so when she gets to go out and do karaoke, I'm glad she gets to do it because I've I've seen so much shitty karaoke that I know that she's blessing somebody because they just heard somebody warble some Britney Spears shit and then she comes in and you know saves the night because <laughs> Kelly can actually sing. Yeah, I, I enjoy being able to go out and, like I said, feel feel my damn self. Yeah, and I know Jeremy does too, so allowing that for the other person. I, I can't imagine being in a relationship where, like he was mentioning, you know, going out and camping with, with friends and then having to worry about your significant other blowing your phone up and being like, where are you at? What you doing? It's like people don't own each other. Let that other person breathe and be away from that person so that you can then go back to the other person and, and feel rejuvenated. Yeah, I guess to sum it all up, me and Kelly enjoys each other's time. Our biggest problem really is just we're parents, so 99% of our time is spent being parents and just doing whatever the kids are needing us to do. Uh, So me and her's got very little time together. This is kind of nice right now. This is my third year doing this and finally got her on, so I'm I'm real excited about that. Yeah, I've, you know, always been interested in... um... And being on and everything, just, you know, making the time for it is always hard. With my ADHD ass, I'm not on my Facebook right now. Oops. It's really hard for me to sit down for two minutes and do anything. But, no, it's very important to learn from your 
past and be secure in the present moment and be hopeful for the future so that you can be in a secure environment for yourself and that you can find your person or keep your person or be in that healthy relationship. Just trying to do your best with what you have. Yeah. I think that's what I would encourage anybody listening with dating, marriage, divorce, and remarriage, any of those stages. Just know that things have happened in your past that weren't ideal, but that you're here now and you've overcome those obstacles and that you can learn from those and be secure in yourself now if you so choose. And that once you do that, you're able to feed and nourish the relationships of those around you and possibly make your intimate relationships uh, more stable as well. Very well said. I, I figured out that Kelly, I was stuck with her forever just because she keeps <laughs> talking me into shit that I'd swear I'd never do. <laughs> it started with sushi. I, me and her went to Exotic Grill and... She's like, hey, you need to try the sushi. And I'm like, I ain't trying that shit. But keep in mind, I hadn't been to a Mexican restaurant until I was in my mid-20s because I was just sheltered. (laughs) And I was always afraid that mariachi bands would pop out and bug the shit out of me. I'm just a weird man. But anyway, (laughs) she just kept on. She's like, just try it. And I'm like, shit, all right, I'll try it. And just got hooked. And that's on top of her being a hippie and... She's not as hippie-ish as she was, but you don't understand how much I hated hippies back in the day. Like, I was very anti-hippie because I knew several, and they were the kind that never had their damn eyes open. It was like, hey, man, and it just bugged the dog shit out of me. So, so luckily, Kelly was a good flavor of hippie. Yes, palatable hippie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, now it's like, the thought of me getting a vasectomy sounds like, that's a no-go, but she's taking me out for ice cream this coming month, and I got a feeling that there's going to be some snippage going on. <laughs> uh, but man, man, oh, buddy Jerry misses raw dog and so damn bad, so <laughs> I guess I guess this is happening, so y'all y'all be thinking about my, my no-no parts. <laughs> Nobody's going to be thinking about those, Jerry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Kelly's going to fight now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the whole we don't fight thing, yeah. Bitch, everybody's thinking about my no-no parts. (laughs) Bitch! (laughs) So, classic Jeremy and Kelly story. Um, One of the last times that me and her got into it, and it wasn't really getting into it, but anyway, we had had a discussion, and it got a little argumentative. But we talked, and uh, everything. She was feeling kind of down there. It's during that time where she's feeling really low, and I still am bad about taking it personal. Well, anyway... We talked it out and stuff. At the end, I looked at her and I said, Now hold my hand, dickhead. <laughs> and uh, that shouldn't have worked, but it did. It did. But it's just constantly stuff like that. We're pretty good about cheering each other up. I'm bad about bottling stuff in. She's pretty good about getting it out. Nah. Uh, and I, I try not to be a pain in her ass the best I can. And the people at work is like, There ain't no way you're a massive pain in the ass, Jeremy. But uh, I, I, I try not to be a pain in my wife's ass. I, I usually try to get shit done. Like, I, I'd like to think I'm good about taking care of things. Whether it's like, you know, making money or getting shit done around the house. Back when me and Kelly got together, man, I was doing like two full-time jobs. I did that for the biggest chunk of our early years. At least having one job. I, I mean, I always had one job, but I usually had two. And... 
you know, always trying to support the family. And then Kelly, on the other hand, same thing. She usually had at least a side hustle going on. One summer, uh, I got my I got my daughter every su- summer vacation. And one year she said, hey, I'm going to work for UPS. Why don't you just be stay-at-home dad for the summer? And I'm like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. So she was working her ass off at UPS. And the first week, I'm like, hell yeah, this is the life. Reality set in by by week two. Because I'm like, holy shit, I cannot clock out of this nightmare. Because it was always cooking something, cleaning something, washing something. The kids wanting attention. Playing. Playing don't sound like a chore, but by shits it is. Because if, if you naturally don't want to play with Barbie dolls, but you're being forced to play with Barbie dolls, it's not a good time. I uh, I did a lot of playing that I was like, man, I was, I was want to look at my phone. And it ain't none of that stuff easy, even though, it, like, us guys, we're so bad about thinking that our ladies have it super easy. And it's horseshit. And it felt so good to know that he was able to see my life through his own eyes and know that it wasn't easy because as women were told, you know, oh, you get to stay at home all day. And of course, the the thought is that we just lay around all day long and eat bonbons and watch our soap operas. And for all you ladies out there, we know it's definitely not the case. It's very difficult, very emotionally and mentally challenging and uh, of course physically challenging uh, especially when you have younger kiddos so when he came back and when he he told me that it was a lot harder than he expected it to be I was very excited to see him eat the crow that's for sure yeah it's well you, you know out of all the things that sucked you know what was the worst fucking meal planning that was awful oh yeah what are we eating for breakfast lunch and dinner for the rest of our lives trying to get two people to want the same thing at the same time is next to impossible Mm, on top of kids wanting it too yeah so it's and in comparison i'm not as good a cook as kelly i've got a very tiny repertoire (laughs) and it's almost spaghetti almost every time like if daddy's got to cook it's probably going to be spaghetti and i can mess that up sometimes too Uh, it's hard. I, it was a good learning experience, though, because after that, if Kelly said, uh, hey, do you want someone's home for dinner? It was automatically yes. Like, there wasn't no second guess, and it's like, if she thought of it, you know, that sound, that's, I didn't have to think of it, that's great. Yep, it's hard. It's all hard. You, you ladies know, and some of you men know, hopefully. Hopefully you guys know, and if you don't know, hopefully you have an opportunity to figure it out and, and, and be able to give accolades to your woman and be like, man, and vice versa, gender roles, you know, are, are switched around too. Guys, if you're staying at home, hopefully you girls can know just how difficult it is for, for men to do um, their work. Give those accolades, give the that those props. Oh man, so the accolades and props, that's what us guys live for, so... I see a lot of memes on Facebook about like when when the husband does the dishes and you see him you know wanting a parade and all that. Man, girls thinks that's dumb as shit. But I'll tell you the reason I'm behind it is because for us you know going extra like that, it don't seem like a big deal to y'all because y'all do it all the time. To me, the best I can explain it is like we we need that praise and applause. Like hey, you know we just worked our asses off at work and here we are helping you out. That would be like y'all doing y'all's normal thing but then coming to our work and helping us do whatever grunt shit work we have to do just kind of that that's why we want that praise so bad because really that's 
as a husband, that's really all we're running off of is just praise, like gratitude, like, hey, thanks for helping me out. Thanks for doing the dishes. And a lot of ladies are like, well, I do that all the time. And it's like, yeah, but I'm helping you so you don't have to do it. I'd, I'd like a little a little parade, you know, because <laughs> I, I swear, ladies, if y'all do that, we'll do it so much more. Because if you're if, if we do something that we normally don't do, like like the dishes or fold the laundry or whatever, if y'all make a big deal out of it, I swear we'll do more of it. Like in the past few years, I've done a lot of laundry folding and just loading up the dishwasher and all that stuff because I know that Kelly's appreciative of it. It don't mean I shouldn't have done it even without the praise, but it it surely does help. Yeah, it helps. Um, I also know how exhausting it is for a mom to um, to have to do their work on top of being mindful of getting accolades to the person who is their partner who's you know supposed to be there with them and and help them and sometimes it does feel like well yeah why would I give you accolades for doing these things that you should have been doing anyways or you should have been helping out with anyways because you know you're not helping me we're a team we're all supposed to be doing something you know and um, so I know that there's a push for that these days, for sure, um, to be like, you know, it's not the guy helping the girl out. It's, you know, them working together as a team. Um, and it's very much so that. But obviously, if, you know, if I clean the house and he comes home, I'm definitely waiting for him to be like, wow, the house looks good. You know, so then why would he not be waiting for me to be like, hey, thanks for folding the laundry? You know, it's it's a give and take. It's um it's definitely nurturing that um that want to do something for the other person um and for the greater good of the uh, little community that you're running. So yeah, just the same. Like I I need praise and applause. So so does your wife. You know, they even if it's their job to cook and clean and all that stuff. If that's how y'all's house is set up, they still need that. Hey, thanks for cooking dinner and thanks for getting the laundry done. We we're all bad about taking each other for granted and that i think has gotten less prevalent like kelly was saying it's starting to be like we're automatically you're supposed to be a team you're working with each other it's kelly's not my subordinate and the other way around so there's no real power play here it's like give and take kelly's real good about praising me for stuff she's real supportive of my comedy stuff uh I've been with people that no no matter what I did, it was dumber and shit. Uh, it didn't matter if I was folding the clothes wrong or if I had an idea for wanting to do something. It was oh that's stupid. And she's never been one of those, which I appreciate. Yeah, I don't I don't see a reason to tear anybody down, no matter who it is, but especially the person that you want to nurture a relationship with. Why keep somebody under thumb like that? You you'll get a lot more bees with honey than you will vinegar. <laughs> Or poo poo, yes. But uh, I I figure me and Kelly will probably make it till the bitter end. But you know, I I enjoy my marriage, which is nice. I don't dread it. Hope you feel the same way. Oh 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 yes. Uh, I love uh, love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is. She's put up with my horseshit. Man, I've pulled some dumb things in the past. The ravioli incident. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just use a can opener? Oh. Yeah, the little story with that is I had the house to myself, which is a mistake anyway. 
but I got this can of ravioli that had the flip top can and the little pop top thing broke and I'm like well shit and there was a hammer laying close by and I was like well I'll just gently tap it and open up that can I gently tapped it and it was a damn ravioli explosion that you know that ravioli grease that shit was everywhere in that kitchen and I'm like, motherfucker. And she comes home right about that time. And I mean, it just looked like a grenade went off. And she's like, what happened? I told her. And she said, well, why didn't you use the can opener over there? Just, it was hanging right over where I had that can. I'm like, son of a bitch. I didn't even think of that being an option. <laughs> and I'm like, just walk away, Jeremy. I was actually still wiping down ravioli splatter the other day from the side of one of the cabinets. I knew exactly what it was as soon as I saw it. Yeah, and that was what, two or three years ago? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she still suffers from some of my past shenanigans. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's just about it. I'm glad to have you on here. Yeah, glad to be on here and stuff. We'll get off here. I might try to touch your butt. <gasps> oh. <laughs> well, y'all, it was good talking to y'all. It was good talking to you, wifey. Yes, husbandy. So y'all take care. Yeah. Mm, bye. Toodaloo. Au revoir. I'll feel the same. Ciao. DMDR is written and produced by Jeremy Connor and Hungry Purple Kittens Productions. Meow.